What's the odds of getting the scripture up? High, low. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a thumbs up. That's good. I'll turn around then. Is that the passage? Yeah, two Corinthians three one to six. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I'm going to do something slightly unusual. I'm going to preach the passage backwards. Okay, so we're going to start at the end here and then work back to the beginning. Because it makes sense. The beginning of the passage makes sense if you've got what the end of the passage says, if you see what I mean. So this last phrase, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I love the testimony. Because it's an encouragement. It's the Spirit bringing the Scriptures to life to do evangelism, to share. I have sat in so many church services. I've preached too many sermons that have gone, you ought to be doing evangelism. And I've gone away going, I feel really bad now. Because I haven't, and I'm an evangelist. And I felt bad. I've not been sharing the gospel. And I felt bad that I've not taken every opportunity. And I felt bad that I haven't led anybody to Christ in the last 20 minutes. And I felt, and I'm sure I've made others feel bad that they haven't. If we ever do this stuff out of fear and out of guilt, we might as well not bother. Because it doesn't come across as authentic. It's... there's something in the way we do it that people pick up on that we're doing it out of guilt. We're doing it because we ought to. Now, should we do evangelism? Yep. Do we have a great commission? Yep. As you just read, whether from Matthew or Mark or the bit from Acts or whatever it is. Absolutely. But, 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 but. If we do it because the vicar said we should, if we did it, do it because our home groups are going, we ought to, then maybe we ought not to, actually. The vicar just said, don't do evangelism. Careful. Please don't quote me out of context here. If you are excited about knowing Jesus, are you? Yeah? If you're excited about... you get, I don't know what it is. You, you find a new recipe, you get excited, you share it with your friends. Because you're excited about the new recipe. You, you find a new book that you've read and it's re- you love it. So you share it with your friends or in my case, buy it for the staff or whatever it is. And you get, go, read this now. Not because I think you ought to. 
but because this book was brilliant. I loved it. I want you to enjoy it as well. Yeah? So why, when it comes to sharing Jesus, do we go, oh, I guess I ought to tell my friends? Because actually, isn't he the best news? Isn't he the best person? Isn't it exciting? It's not always easy. It's not always straightforward. But isn't it exciting? I read something this week that really, really struck me. If we, especially if we've been brought up in Christian homes, and that I don't know how many of you that equates to, but if we've been brought up in Christian homes or we've been brought up around the church, often we have little understanding of how lost we were. So we don't know how lost we were because we've always been around the church. We've always, and especially if we came to faith, a, 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 you know, can you remember a time you weren't a Christian, Katie? Not really. <laughs> ah, she knew it was going to come, which is even better. Yeah, but I was about to say you haven't got a memory that long of you. That's <laughs> oh, careful. But you've been in church the whole of your life. Parents brought you right from the get-go. And why not? What a privilege. And isn't it amazing? But you know a time when it became real. Personal. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of us brought up in that situation don't realize how lost we were because we're around the things that are saved. And we're around the people who are saved. And we're around the... Do you you get what I mean? Where those of us that came to faith later and were saved out of... And we were right in the... And we get brought out of the... And our feet put on a solid rock. Boy, we know we've been saved because we were in the... Anybody taking notes? Careful. Try and spell that the same way each time. But do you understand what I mean? So if we don't really get what it means to be lost, then why would we share what we have with other people? Because it's special, but it's not special. But it is special, but it's not special. But it is personal, but, and I'm not saying you don't, you do this. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody in particular. But I just read this. I just thought, do you know what? We don't have a heart for the lost because we don't realize what it means to be lost. And some of us have been Christians a couple of years. Yeah? Anybody over, been a Christian over 30 years? There's a few of us over 40 years. Put my hand down there. Oh. 50? Yeah, we, we won't keep going, otherwise we'll let on how old you are. That's fine. Uh, can you remember the excitement of coming to faith? But it does dull over time. Not because we want it to, but, and we do remember. We do, but do we remember? Because actually the best of answers to those who've just come to faith. So if you just come to faith, it's like, I want to tell you about... But you're just a religious lunatic at that point, aren't you? And all your family think you're a nutter. So you step back because it's painful. Because people are rejecting you and people are calling you out and making you look stupid. So you step back a bit. No, 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 I'm still on for Jesus, but I'll just be a bit careful about how I... And then the next time you try and share it and it hurts a bit more, you step back a bit. And suddenly you're not sharing. But we don't have to share with words. We don't have to speak of our... We, we just show through our lives. 
Yeah, how can they hear if they have not heard? Paul writes in Romans. Some beggar's got to tell them. <laughs> and if it's your family, your friends, your why not you? Just had a text from somebody, doesn't matter who, who said, I can't invite this person to come so-and-so. They won't take it from me, but they respect you. Will you invite them? Now, I probably will, but my heart bleeds that their spouse can't invite them to something. Because, yeah, there's nobody in this church. Don't panic. So don't, tr don't, don't try and work that one out because you, you really don't know who it is. But my heart bleeds. And I feel for the guy who sent me the text going, You'll have to ask her. I can't. It's like, no, you should be able to ask her. But his fear around the reaction is palpable. It's sad. If we do anything out of legalism, that's what this is. The letter kills. Why did the law come? I am on my notes. You may be surprised to hear. It's a slightly different shape because I was expecting a room full of family and non-Christians and... So maybe it won't be quite as evangelistic as I was intending to be. But why did the law come? Can you remember? We're told why the law comes. Why? Did, sorry? It's, not, it's actually not for control. Paul, Paul actually writes about why the law comes. No, Jesus came to seek and save the lost, but the law came. So... I said law and you thought I said Jesus. I guess that's better than the other way around from last time. <laughs> ah, when I said Jesus and everybody thought I said Satan. You know, that's fine. <sighs> so, thank you, that's fine. <laughs> Why did the law come? The law came to show us our sin. The law brings death. The law makes us aware of where we fall short. Because the law gives us the standard. And therefore, we fall, we fall short of that. So the law, that's why obeying the law doesn't bring you salvation. That's why works doesn't bring you salvation. You know, it's not an A-level test where you do three from 12. You know, it's, you've got to keep all 12 perfectly. There was a competition held 100 years ago, I think now. Um, a letter writing competition about you know about the twelve commandments. I think it was the Times or the Telegraph or something held this competition, and I think it was G.K. Chesterton um, won the prize because the question set was you know why do we break the twelve commandments? And his response was, I don't break the twelve commandments; they break me because we can't do it. Any of you broken any of the 12 commandments this last week? Yep. Anybody felt jealous this week? Yep. Anybody had a moan this week? Anybody been negative? Yeah, we've all, we all sin and we all fall short, but it's by the grace of God. And what do we mean by the grace of God? We mean what Jesus has done for us, yes, but actually we mean the presence of the Spirit. Because the evidence of the grace of God, the evidence of the effectiveness of the cross, the evidence of our relationship is the Spirit's presence in our life. If anyone does not have the Spirit of God, they cannot claim to be born again. So if you hear Christians go, oh, no, I believe in Jesus, but I don't do this Holy Spirit lark, maybe have a chat. Because <laughs> they do Jesus because of the Holy Spirit. Now, that, it might be they just don't realize. <laughs> 
and that's fine. But so the letter, the law, legalism, beat that you have to. And we get stuck with it so many ways. We we those of you who've been in church a long time, you'll have seen it change. You know? When I first started to go to church, there was a really strong movement about keeping Sunday special and we must keep the shops closed and don't you dare try and sell anything for charity at church on a Sunday because you were breaking one of the commandments. Now we go, well, the Sabbath is, for, is made for us, not us for the Sabbath. and it's, it's okay. And a lot of us shop on Sundays and we don't have a problem with it. And actually I don't have a problem with it because I believe in grace. I have a problem if you're not taking Sabbath time to rest. I have a problem if you're not being obedient and gathering in worship and doing doing the things of the Sabbath. Can I let you into a little secret? Sunday is not my Sabbath. I'm working. <laughs> now it is because I share it with you guys and we share worship and all the rest of it. But Friday's my Sabbath, not because I'm a Muslim. Friday's my Sabbath because that's my day off. So when I get the phone call from somebody and I don't answer it and you get cross because I'm not answering it on a day you're at work, it's my Sabbath. Not because I'm being legalistic, but because I'm being obedient to the call to rest. So I'm not going, I'm, I'm going to hold this really tightly. I'm going, I need to be obedient to rest. So the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Back to notes, Laurie. What have you got here? Legalism. Jesus came to deal with death, the spirit brings life. There we go. Verses 4 and 5. Can we go backwards? This is about us being the letter, and, and the ink, it's not a letter written with ink, but the spirit of the living God written in our hearts. And the spirit lives in us. We were going to do a baptism this morning. And I don't know if you noticed, but I changed the words slightly to the baptism liturgy. Please don't tell the bishop. <laughs> but it says in the, in the liturgy for the Church of England, thank you, Lord, that this child has been born again. Thank you, Lord, that this child is beginning their journey of faith. I always change it slightly. Thank you, Lord, this child may come to be born again. Thank you, Lord, this child has begun their journey to faith. We're all on a journey to faith until we meet Jesus. And once we meet Jesus for ourselves, we're on a journey of faith. So we can always talk about the journey around faith, whether you're Christian or non-Christian, we're a believer or whatever. But there's a journey to faith, which is a journey to Jesus. You meet with him, and then it's a journey of faith. And it's still in the same direction. It's still towards God, but boy, it changes. It becomes personal. It becomes fuller. It becomes more real. Water baptism is no guarantee of getting to heaven, whether as a kid or as an adult. I know a lot of people who've been baptised as adults who don't believe it at all. And they've just done it because they've grown up Baptist or grown up in a free church. So they just do it when they get to 17 or 18 and they just get baptised because that's what's expected. And lo and behold, they meet Jesus later, hopefully. <coughs> Water baptism. Water baptism is about a promise. A promise that we're making as parents or as a person and God's promise back to us. That's a covenant relationship. But it's not a guarantee. 
The water isn't the guarantee of our relationship with God. The blood is. It's what Jesus has done for us. And therefore, the Spirit of God dwelling in us. So we've got to take the, the Holy Spirit's presence in our life seriously. Guess what? He wants us to have fun. We've got to take him ever so seriously so we can have ever so much fun. You know? And the more seriously we take him, the more fun we have. Actually, that sounds weird, but it's true. You know, you want the adventure of living with Jesus, and actually, you're gonna you're gonna have nail biting moments. You're gonna have cliff edge moments, because that's what an adventure story is all about. So, we have the presence of God. The le- we are the letter from Christ, but the ink is the spirit of the living God writing in us. It makes us ministers of the the covenant. It makes us the the appeal to others, and we do it with confidence. We all know what that word means, I hope, by now. The confidesness, the with faithness. We do it with faith. And we are the letter, the communication from God. I still shock people when I'm standing at a in a queue in Tesco or I'm waiting to get my hair cut or whatever, and people go, well, I don't do religion. And I turn around and go, well, neither do I. And I've got a dog collar on. And they go, what do you mean you don't do religion? Well, Christianity isn't a religion. Now, that really confuses them. It, and it's not, actually. Jesus came to set us free from religion. The Judaism of his time had become a religion become about keeping the law he came to set us free he came to bring us a relationship with God Christianity is about a relationship with God about our faith in him it's not about our religion now the religious things that we think we need to do to get to God once we've got to God will be the things that we want to do because we love him so coming to church doesn't make you a Christian but if you're a Christian guess what you're going to want to do meet with other Christians because worshipping together is so much more than worshipping on your own, isn't it? Even when the person behind you is singing out a tune. Even, do you know what I mean? Because that's family. We are the letter. And our evangelism, yeah, is about taking the opportunity. But if you're an extrovert, no apologies, which Rachel may be, <laughs> and I may be, Talking to people you don't know or talking to people you do is easier because that's your personality. But we're all a letter and we all speak of Christ through our actions, through the way we treat people, through our kindness, through our love, through our actions. What did you say about your home group this week? They've been fantastic. Christian love and family in action. Hallelujah. What a witness, hopefully to the family. What a witness, maybe to the neighbours, please God. Do, do you know what I mean? I don't, who's seeing that? We don't know. But the evangelism isn't speaking or talking to somebody, it's, but it's being in action, it's in heart, it's in all it. You are the letter, and you are an awesome letter. And guess what? You're covered in ink blots and poor punctuation and the odd... Sp- the odd, the odd missed, the odd, um, uh, the odd triping error. That's the word I'm looking for. 
Spike Milligan used to sign his name Spine Millington, the well-known triping error. <sighs> yeah? But we all make mistakes, don't we? But we're still the letter. I've told you the story before of a friend who was desperate for her husband to come to faith and would come for ministry again and again because she, got, she felt she was letting her husband down. She felt she was putting him off. He comes to faith. His testimony of coming to faith is whose witness spoke to him more? Hers. She was speak despite all the mistakes, despite all the rubbish, it was still her witness that reached Steve in the end. So you you are you are the letter of Christ. And don't sit there going, oh heck, I've got to No. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to follow Jesus. You just have to let him transform you. We are called to live according to the Spirit. We're called to display what is written on our hearts. It's not about words, ideas, philosophies or rules. It's about Jesus. How better to communicate with people than through people? How better to communicate about a person and a relationship than through our relationships? Can I encourage you? We're going to go into some worship now. Can you just hold in your heart and go, okay, Lord, I need to, I need to, to understand what it means to be lost, that where I started, remember? I, I, need, I need a deeper understanding of what it means to be saved. I'm not saying it, you're not saved. Please hear that. It's just you get a deeper experience of it. And just, oh, yeah. Because you're, there'll be more of a, Wow about it and then okay lord who are the people i've been trying to reach for years or who are the people that have just come into my life that and we don't wait for people to come into our lives to be evangelism fodder they'll stop being our friends very quickly if they think we're only talking to them to get them into church they'll stop being our friends that doesn't work either but who are the people who are the people that our hearts yearn to see come to faith, or come back to faith. If you listen to the sermon from last week, please, please, please listen to it. One of the things, and one of the things we've been talking about for a couple of years is about the prodigals coming back. Prodigals in your family, you want to see come back into faith and back into the family? Got anybody? I have. Yeah? The Lord's promising they're coming back. He's promising they're coming back. So, Lord, show me deeper what it means to be saved and then just hold these people in your hearts as you as we worship but do me a little favor will you if you then get an opportunity to talk to them next week just take it because you'll get the opportunity because you've prayed for them this week don't take it out of guilt don't take it out of fear but take it because actually you long to see them come to faith.